It's of a merchant's daughter brought up in Calio. Hurrah, me other girls, who let me go? She took me in the parlor and said, won't you be me beau? Hurrah, me other girls, who let me go? Oh, do let me go, me girls, do let me go. How long have we been trying to do this episode? Five weeks? Two days? Help me to recollect. <laughs> Three months, I think? <laughs> At least. Uh, when did the movie come out? It, it's been... Yeah, no. It's been... It came out last year, right? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah it came it, out in October. October... Yeah. <laughs> what? It came out October 18th, 2019. Oh. Yeah. Gosh, it's been stranded without provisions for six months. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like it's been only a week. Oh, I feel like I should have. We should have <coughs> heard this occasion. What's well, all we have? It's all we've been able to store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been stuck in this. We've been lighthouse. we've been having to like siphon the uh, the lantern oil and mix it mix it into a crude form of alcohol <laughs> in order to keep ourselves sane. Shit was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Man, the visions we, we've had in that time have been intense. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Undercooked Analysis. But, uh... Or, yeah, th- it, we're still analyzing something. Yes! It's still... Look, I know normally we read other people's shit, but today we're gonna instead watch other people's shit and talk about it. In this case, we all saw The Lighthouse, Robert Eggers... And we got we got the whole gang for the this. The whole gang is here. Yeah. Just about. Yay! Uh, just if you need a reminder who the whole gang is, I'm sorry. <laughs> you should have been paying better attention in class. That's David. I'm David. That's Kayla. Hi, I'm Kayla. And, uh, there's Alan. I'm Kayla. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's, there's Abysme. Hello. There's Paprika. What's up? There's Sade. Meow. Yes. And then there's wow. George. Wait. <laughs> Oh, Gracie's here too, but she won't say much because she's sleeping. George, is George a lighter uh, lamp oil uh, alcohol uh, hallucination? George is the is the cor- <coughs> George is the corpse that's been waving at us for the past few months from the deck of the lighthouse. Okay, I I really want you to tell that story. I want, I'm going to tell that story. Oh, that no. seagull is back, guys! It, it's coming back. <laughs> ah, shit! Don't mess I- with it. Stop! It. Stop fucking with it. You'll be fighting with them seabirds. Best leave it be. <laughs> we're talking. There was a ship. So we're talking about the 2019 The Lighthouse, which was directed by Robert Eggers, who you might remember as the director of Witch, which is a really good movie. Go the see Vivitch? It. Yes. The Vivitch. The Vivitch. Oh. Uh, it was <laughs> written by uh, Robert Eggers as and his uh, brother, Max Eggers. Actually... Max Eggers was the one who started writing this because he wanted to do an adaptation of The Lighthouse, the unfinished story by Edgar Allan Poe, and then they just got together and made this. And I want to see someone do a, a mashup of like <coughs> stories that were never finished by classic writers. So Poe's The Lighthouse with like uh, Dickens' The Mystery of Edwin Drood. <laughs> Could yes. you imagine? Oh God. Um, this is also stars Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. What? No, wait. Or was that Twain? I don't remember. Okay. Fuck. You I think f- it was Dickens. You fucked up. I think it was Dickens. Um, and was dis- this was uh, produced by A24, Regency Enterprises, um, and uh, RT Features, and then was distributed by A24, BBS Films, and Focus Features. Wow. So, uh, and, as- <laughs> and also there's poop, poops and farts in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of fart jokes. And, 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 well, and cum. Okay. There's lots, of, there's, there's Thank some cum. You. That happens too. <laughs> Uh, how, how, is there going to be a structure to this? No, or, no. Or, uh, I just is there to, a structure to the because, lighthouse? Because well, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but do we want to talk? Do we want to talk about it chronologically? Do we want to talk about um, behind the scenes? Do we want to talk about like how do we want to start? I guess. Well, I, I do want to share. I do want to share one thing because um, I, I mean I might have mentioned this before, but there is a real life incident that was you served as partial inspiration for this story. This is a dark ass story. And this is. This is this is cool as shit. So it's there's a um, it's known as the the Smalls Lighthouse tragedy or the Smalls Lighthouse incident. And um, Smalls Lighthouse it was uh, built off the oh my gosh 
Uh, it's off. It's the- built off of uh, the coast of uh, Pembrokeshire, Wales. Mm. Um, it was built in. It was built in eighteen sixty one. Wait. Look, the point, it get, just get to the part about the... Okay, because I'm just getting the timeline, weird, the weird thing. So, in 1801, specifically in 1801, there were two lighthouse keepers that were uh, tending the light. Um, this is the interesting part that I found. Both of them had the first name of Thomas. So, guess where that they got So, that I got reference. figured that okay. would happen. But they were Thomas Griffith, Howell and Thomas Griffith. Now... These two lighthouse keepers, they, you know, are already dealing with the isolation of living in this. By the way, their lighthouse was basically like a platform and a little, and the the light itself, and maybe like a cabin below the light where, you know, they stayed. But um, underneath that was nothing but like wooden uh, scaffolding and a ladder leading down outside. So there's no like further interior of the lighthouse. They're essentially up on this big uh, platform, you know, like this big wooden platform. Um, and these two men did not like each other. They did not get along. People who would see them in taverns and things like that, according to the leg- the story, they would quarrel often and get into fights. And so when um, when Griffith, when Thomas Griffith died unexpectedly, probably due to uh, like uh, unintentional uh, poisoning. Uh, they, I mean, most of the stories agree that it was some sort of accident, and most people think it was because of bad food or something. Um, everybody, um, uh, Howell, Thomas Howell thought, oh shit, they're going to think I murdered him because they know we don't get along. And I can't throw his body into the sea because if I do and they find the body, they're going to think, oh, I murdered him and tried to, you know, get, dispose of the body. So he just lived with the corpse for a little bit until the corpse started to decompose. And he was like, well, shit, I don't want to live in this, this tiny hut with this corpse. So he managed to scavenge together enough wood to build a makeshift coffin. He lashed the body into the coffin and then lashed the coffin to the outside sort of uh, platform of the light of the lighthouse, uh, kind of outside the windows that he could see out to, um, in order to like just make sure the body stayed out out of his way. But he could then, you know, when his shift was done, could get get uh, Griffith's body back to where it needed to be. Now, okay. storm season comes up. And the storms batter the lighthouse pretty badly, to the point where the storms rip the coffin apart. But the corpse is not washed out to sea and instead gets tangled in the lines that were meant to keep the coffin held in place. And the body ends up strung up in such a way that it's positioned haphazardly outside this window um, in such a way that, like, uh, Howell can only look out and see Griffith's corpse, like, propped up in all these ropes... (laughs) And the way oh, that the, the way that it fell, the arm was like sticking up at a weird angle, and it would look like when the wind blew, the arm would sway back and forth like it was beckoning to him, or waving, basically. or waving. That's to terrifying. Him. So, so yeah, imagine is, being that stuck is some there. Some hard shit right there. Yeah, yeah. Imagine being stuck there for for months, for you know weeks on end, and all, and you have no other way to like you have nowhere else to go, and you can't go out there to take the body down because it's like. A storm season and you will die so he has to stare be, and there's like basically no other view but the view that is now blocked by the decomposing body of your friend that looks like it's, it's giving you a grisly actually wave. enemy I mean your frenemy let's say frenemy okay sure <clears throat> so did he go cray cray he started to but he he actually sent out you know a distress signal like hey you know find a way to like signal people to come what year was this this is 1801 so he probably they either launched have, a flare. What kind of or, signal did he send? I, I, okay. I don't know. This is the part Telegraph. of the story I don't necessarily understand. <coughs> he was able to keep the lamps light lit, but I think there was must, there must have been sort of lantern signal or maybe even a flare or something. I don't know. He could have used, but um, and whenever anybody came to check on him, not only was the light still going because he had enough oil to keep manning the light, but they would see in a distance the uh, a man perched on the balcony waving to them pleasantly. And they would go, okay, everything's fine, and they'd sail away. Okay. Jesus. Uh, it wasn't until the shift was over. When, ha- when, when Howell was um, finally relieved of duty, uh, the impact of the situation had him so, like, fucked up emotionally that people said he was, like, a different person. Like, they said he had, like, aged prematurely and that his hair had grayed, and he was just, like, haunted by this experience. Um, and as a result, supposedly, the governing body of the area... 
uh, made it mandatory, like a new act, that there had to be at least three keepers on duty at all times until they started automating uh, lighthouses in the British lighthouses in the 1930s. That's a mega wow. Oh shit! So that's the small. That's supposedly one of the big things that helped inspire uh, the. World. <laughs> Well, the and now thing I'm worried because Alan's coughing I was, a lot. So I read, I was reading like a, a puff piece about this movie, and um, one of the things I, I read was that they looked up like north eastern um, old um, lighthouse, um, like around Maine, like old um, books, and would make the language in the movie um, based on that. The same way in The Witch, they they. They mirrored the language uh, from from the time of of, of settlement, um, right? So, so a lot of the the uh, the events that happen in the movie and the um, the things that the, the the phrases that are used are, come from like real log books held by light keep by uh, by lighthouse keepers from from the early what eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. So so all that that like the language it's it's all like real, so. That's really cool because, like, I felt like it. The, the movie feels authentic in terms of the language, and I'm a huge like nerd about nautical stuff. So I was, I was all here for this movie, and as soon as it started, I'm like, yes, I'm, just, I'm immersed. I want to, mm, I just but, want to drink this movie in. Okay, can we confirm that we all like this movie? Oh hell yeah! Yes, yeah, yes okay. we did. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, um, the the way I viewed it is like the witch is definitely the story of like puberty for a woman and like the harrowing nature of it but this is like the the same thing but for men mm-hmm. um and it, it has a lot i want to say that we should talk about the implications of, of masturbation because it's like they were both doing it but they were both uh admonishing each other for it at the same time it's very interesting yeah uh, we, we should i think we should discuss that a little bit i agree uh because well, especially, like, the scene that always sticks out to me is when, um, uh, uh I'm trying to remember, um, Winslow, although he's not, his name isn't really Winslow. This is, there's spoilers all over this, by the way, <laughs> just so you know. Go see yeah, the movie. No. Go see the movie see first the movie. and then come back yeah. and talk to us. But when, there's that bit where Winslow is just, he's got the, um, he's in the shed while it's raining or whatever, mm-hmm. like a tool shed. And he's got the mermaid totem that he found in the mattress, and he's just he's just jacking it like really violently to the point where when he <laughs> when he finishes his scream sounds pain. He's just like breaks it. <laughs> that was really bad impression of Robert Pattinson, who kills it. By the way, he's he, their their performances are so. Oh, good. they both kill it. Oh yeah, and he does kill well, it. It's just so surprising that Robert Pattinson does because At- all we knew him from was Twilight, the longest Bradley. time. Well, here's the funny part: I wasn't surprised because he. I saw him in another movie. Uh, strangely enough, it's a. Uh, yeah, God, I'm gonna butcher this. Was he in Water for Elephants as well? Yeah, I yeah, think he was. But um, I'm. It was um, who's the guy who directed um all the Cronenberg? He was in a Cronenberg film. Oh, Wait, really? Yeah. Damn. Uh, and um, I saw it and I'm like, oh, so Robert Pattinson is actually in all this into all this like trippy stuff. Pardon <laughs> uh, me. No, it's okay. You're just the you're 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 contributing a meme to this episode, Alan, about this movie. And I'm sorry that it comes at that, but you know. Okay, so he was the main star no. of uh, Cosmopolis, which was a Cronenberg from film. Uh, there's no, uh, I mean, there's no Cronenberg signature um, body horror. Uh, it's more of a drama than anything. Oh, you were telling me about this movie. Yeah, the film is though is really weird, and then you see Robert Pattinson, in it and you're like. Oh, yeah, this guy can do weird. This guy can. So when I heard it was going to be Willem Dafoe and Robert Passman, I wasn't too surprised. Willem Dafoe, especially, I saw him in Antichrist and... Yeah. Yeah, that guy's weird. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty great to see the Green Goblin um, as a lighthouse keeper. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yelling. I'm thinking... I first saw him... No, actually, that's not true. I saw him in Spider-Man. But <laughs> I first recognized him or, like, actually got a grasp of him as an actor was in uh uh my goodness i'm blanking on the name and i hate myself for it uh boondock saints, boondock saints. yeah that was yeah that's yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's so, so uh there's a great story about willem Dafoe. um it, uh, apparently he has a huge dick 
Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, uh, he was in Last Temptation of Christ. Um, and uh, when he was being crucified in in, in, the little, in his little Jesus underpants. Um, <laughs> Uh, Jesus his, probably had a big dick too. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, d- during the scene while they were filming, uh, uh, Mr. Defoe's genitals uh, came, came out of his little Jesus underpants, <laughs> and uh, the director uh, asked uh, a member of. Because he was, you know, being crucified, he couldn't, you know, adjust himself. <laughs> um, so uh, the director asked a member of the crew to help uh, stuff uh, Willem Dafoe's penis back into his pants. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh to, no. which, to which that member of the crew responded, seeing the size of it, yeah, no, I don't get paid for animal handling. <laughs> <laughs> And if that sounds like a weird tangent, no, it's oddly on theme for this movie. Yeah, it sure yeah. is. Mm. Uh, but, but on the masturbation front. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the theming is uh, sexual frustration. Like, yes. That is a big thing yes. in that movie. I yes. mean, for crying out loud, there's a point where the lighthouse is made to look like an erect penis, so... Right. Yep. And that, that, like, a lot of the things that happen in the movie... Um, like the when you see the the mermaid and and when you see the lighthouse become a penis, um, it's like the majority of these visions are are only inside their heads yeah. when they start going crazy, and so <coughs> really quickly loses lose any sense of reality. Oh yeah, um, you can't really tell what's happening, and and I mean there's this scene where where uh, Pattinson goes up to the lighthouse at night. And and presumably uh, Defoe's character Winslow, or whatever it is, Tom, Tom is um, is masturbating upstairs, and and goo just comes out in front of his face. I mean, did that happen? Did that not happen? Um, Was that the part where he, he looks up I though think... and he thinks he sees writhing tentacles for a second? Yes. Yeah. Can yeah. we see the the, the goo first we and then the, the tentacles? We see yeah. the goo first. Yeah. And then the tentacles. Yeah. I kind of like this movie in that it is so batshit crazy off the walls yeah. that I never have to bother to care. Is this real? It's like who cares? Yeah, it's cares the, the chronology is honestly. So yeah. there's there's yeah a lot of symbolism and maybe some of it's real. Also maybe not, and also maybe Robert Pattinson is crazy. I, I think he is crazy, but also being gaslighted. Yeah. yeah. No, they're both. No, they're both terrible people. They're both like attacking each other on all yeah. fronts right yeah. and it's it's interesting to see like because they're stuck with each other right so they hate <coughs> each other but they're also their only form of human contact so there's a point where they almost fucking kiss oh yeah, yeah when they're, yes that, i want to talk about that because <laughs> i it is uh maybe one of my new favorite scenes in the history of cinema really nice <laughs> when it goes like I, I don't know what to call it, and it's bad because I've worked at so many Ren fairs or whatever, and like uh, classically themed things. Yeah. It's called uh, tension, no, sexual when, tension. No, <laughs> not that. When they're doing the when they're old timey scream dancing, um, they're old timey scream dancing, and that turns into that with them slow dancing with each other. Yeah. And then they almost kiss, and then they just start fist fighting each other instead. Yeah. <laughs> it is the best. That's pretty good. Fuck, we almost well, fucked. We gotta, we gotta prove we can't do this. <coughs> really, that was a lot of attention a different way. Really interesting like moment for me as like Fujosh trash. Yeah. Because it was the first time where I was in in a scenario where I was like, no, 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 I don't want this. (laughs) Kiss Cedric Diggory, Green Goblin. (laughs) You know someone shipped that at one point, like, you know, I think... Uh, Cedric Diggory would totally hook up with the Green Goblin and then this came out and it's like, my ship is coming true! In a weird way, you could also say, kiss Bruce Wayne. Mm, you yeah. can. <laughs> Excited for that. This movie is so <coughs> sublime in how 
captivating and hypnotic and unsettling and just random it is all at the same time. Yeah. No. But, the, but it never. Just, but it never feels random without merit. Like no, no. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I like everything is intentional, which is great. By the way, maybe I'm a, just a weird film snob or whatever. Um, when you guys were like, "No, this this is an experience. It's so weird." I'm watching it like expecting to be like mind fucked, and I go into it, I'm like. This isn't that bad. Like I've seen weirder. I, 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 I would it, it has masterful tension. Yeah, that's no, what all the way does. through the movie. You're like drawn into what's happening, and it might be the ratio, the, the framing, but like, I I mean, we got like we've all seen stuff like this before. We've all seen what the thing and terrible things happen in movies, but there was something just enthralling about what's happening in yes. front of you. This mm-hmm. movie. And like, if you take, there's a lot of a lot of the symbolic logic makes a lot of sense. Uh, you start not caring what's really reality. I, I mean, there's there's a certain point where I kind of, in my mind, I think there's there's kind of the split, and pretty much much like in *Rime of the Ancient Mariner*, it's after it's pretty much the after um, killing the uh, seagull. Uh, Winslow kills the seagull, and the wind changes. That's when mm-hmm. that's when reality and fantasy start to blur together. Would you be able, Would you be able to? Point out the act structure of this mo- this movie by any like that being the end of an act almost kind of oh. Oh, well let me let me let me give it a try act one they go to the lighthouse and they start figuring things out um, getting to know the illusions of each other you could yeah. argue into their getting into the routine yeah they're just it's just them doing the routine um, the sort of breaking point I think midpoint is uh, end of act one is the killing of the seagull. Uh, act two is the is when the paranoia and the isolation starts to set in. Act three is just what the fuck, <laughs> and that's so, the structure. I have a weird theory about this movie. If we're gonna get into weird theories, Go for okay. It. Uh, I think this movie is cyclical. Hmm. And wait, I think hold on, I think that s- them. I think that wait, them wait, wait, wait. Both before be- you continue, what do you mean by cyclical? Cyclical. Cyclical. Yes. Um, I think that both characters being named Thomas is not a mistake. Mm. I think the the end scene spoilers everybody uh, where he's being like devoured by seagulls and shit on Mm -hmm. uh, is more a metaphor the the obvious metaphor of uh, Prometheus. Yeah, Yeah, of course. But I I think the I think the last I think the last scene that actually happens is him fall lighthouse where you hear him break and you know how older Thomas uh, has a broken leg and won't explain how he has it why yeah. it, uh, why it broke yeah. so my crazy ass theory is uh, uh, this is like some kind of purgatory and Thomas and uh, Willem Dafoe Thomas is trying to basically help Pattinson escape but that's, he's not fucking listening to him, and the same thing just keeps on happening. That's not a crazy-ass theory, because no, that that's... was one of my initial impressions upon mm. first seeing the film, because there's so much... that the, the two Thomases is, cannot be a coincidence, and there's just so much of a young man hating and despising an old man because of that fear of, is this, you know, is this my future? Is this what I'm going to become? And everyone, like, you know, it's just a, that's just a human thing. Uh, not wanting to become your parents or not wanting to be like what you don't like. Like, so I don't think that's crazy at all. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it all kind of came together for me when he when he broke his leg at the end. Mm. I can see that, actually. I could yeah, see that. That's, yeah. what, that's definitely, like, a way you could interpret that. And, and I, I, I dig that, actually. That's cool. I don't know. Like, what... he went to purgatory because of what he did to the guy with the logging accident? Yeah. Oh, could and, be, yeah. Uh, um, he's well, this might there. just be his hell, then. Not even purgatory. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. his eternal torment. I mean, what is a Timberman doing as a wiki? <laughs> <laughs> he's doomed to He's doomed to listen to an old man <laughs> fart and, uh, you know, not let him go to the light. And then to become that farting old man. And then to become man. that farting old man <laughs> who gets mad when his apprentice doesn't like the taste of his lobster. Oh my gosh, that was that, probably my favorite part of this movie. That, that, <laughs> that scene was really also good part. Great. Yeah. That scene where Will, uh, where Willem Dafoe 
keeps his eyes open the entire time. He's he's ranting for like two minutes in in like crazy vocabulary, and it sounds like a legit curse. Yeah, yeah. And, and the guy just goes, "No, it's okay, okay. Actually, I like it. It's good." Okay. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. I'll admit it. I like your cooking. <laughs> yeah. I like, love right up, way- right up to the Hark scene where he's asking him, like, he sounds sad and he, you don't like my lobster. <laughs> so much of that sounds like an actual drunken argument. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. By the way, the, the lighting on the way that the, the light and shadow because of the stark black and white of this movie, uh, the way that the camera's, like, looking up from Pattinson's uh, perspective up at Tom and... There's Tom, and his face just looks ghoulish. Like, it's imposing, because he's like, there's so much the hard shadows on his face, but his eyes really stand out during that bit. You could, like, screen grab any part of that rant, and it's 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 spooky looking. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um... But I mean, I mean, obviously, the whole, the whole Prometheus thing is not lost on, on people, especially considering that um, so often in this, uh, uh, Tom... Tom appears as Poseidon. Yes. You know, yeah. as a sea god, you know, and here's yeah. here's uh, here's Winslow effectively trying to steal the fire from the gods and getting getting punished for it. So, I mean, that this, goes without this, saying, but this movie is just so full of symbolism. Yeah. Like it's, and it wears all of it on its sleeve. There's like there's no point in doing an explained video about no, this. No, there's movie. not. No. That's why I haven't watched well, of any. Of course of people like have. <laughs> But, by the way, what do you think of it being in black and white? Completely Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Makes it feel its age. The the combination of the black and white, the aspect ratio being very narrow. I don't oh, even know. Yeah. It's like 3, 4 or something. It's uh, 1, 1, 1.19.1. 1.19.1, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, which, is, which is interesting because that was... That was um, Silent era film like that. That was oh. it was used before we even transitioned to actual black and white film. Was just a little bit whiter than that. Wow. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that since Ghost Story, I think, which I don't even know if that was the same aspect ratio, but it was that tiny, like just square mm-hmm. in the center. No, um, really good. I love that it was black and white because when you have black and white, because they they a lot most movies when you see them in black and white, they're filmed in color and then they gradiate. They like change right. it in post to black and white. They actually shot in black and white for this film. Oh, and really? that's why you get and then what's great about it is it, it really shows like like imperfections in skin and like texture and right. um, that's why like William Defoe looks like so damn scary in some parts. Yeah. <laughs> oh he's terrifying. Oh yeah. 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 I love the um I love the sound and the music. Oh, God, the sound line. design in this is just like, oh, it's so it's, good. It's one of those, much like Annihilation, I was listening going, God damn it, I wish I had wrote this. <laughs> but that, um, I will never the, I will never forget that foghorn noise. That oh, distinct it's foghorn yeah. noise. Not literally haunting. Yeah, yeah. We, hear that, we hear that sound before we see anything. That's right. True, true. Um, the dude who wrote this uh, score, Mark Corvin, also did the music for The Witch, so no surprise there. Yeah. Also did the music for The Cube, which what? I didn't know until today. Wow. <laughs> well, it, it is a Canadian-American film, like The Lighthouse is considered yeah. a Canadian-American film, where, yeah. um, uh, and The Cube is Canadian, so. Yep, yep. And it, he's also the guy who made the, it's called The Nightmare Machine, and also The Apprehension Engine. If anyone's ever seen that on YouTube, it's this metal and wooden weird monstrous conglomeration of it just makes nightmare music sounds like look that up on YouTube and you will understand why this dude is so good at sound design because he just knows it intrinsically. So that was just I I loved I loved hearing everything. I loved how. We would go from foghorn noises to like detuned, detuned instruments that almost sounded like nightmarish whale songs. Mm-hmm. Just it's so much attention to detail and mood. It was beautiful. Yeah, the, I mean, this couple with the black with the visuals, it just you creates this just incredibly this incredibly bleak and haunting atmosphere. And and yeah, I like it's not a horror film, quote unquote, but there's plenty in this film that's horrific. Oh yeah. It's horror in a different sense, I would say, yeah. than a typical horror. 
I one thing I deeply appreciate about this movie is it's not a jump scary movie. No, yes. either it does it, this does not need to rely on that sort of thing. So I was quite comfortable watching this movie and just getting immersed in it. And there so, was a jump scare though. Was there were a couple actual jump scares? There was, I think when 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 he comes out with the axe. That was okay. I guess so. I uh, you can make an argument for when the first time the mermaid kind of shrieks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the awesome. mu- they do give a music sting when they show the the head, right? The the previous uh, lighthouse attendant's head. Yeah, but it's not like it's not the crank the compression up to twenty five stab of sound. It's and then there's a point when like when uh, Winslow gets like completely annihilated by the foghorn. Oh yeah, there's that. Bit. That's, a, that's a wonderful phrase out of context. <laughs> <laughs> Annihilated by, by the, the foghorn. <laughs> like there's a lot of mundane things that happen in this movie, but they stick with you. Yeah. Well, they're mundane, but because of the context, it all has such immense weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when he's uh, when he's feeding coal into the uh, the the furnace. Uh, every time he's in there, it's like that's another like hellish scene of just these shadows and this dark grittiness and this loud tortuous sound it's you know it really does seem like an internal torture mm-hmm. it's it, yeah oh my god and I love I love the um, uh, the the way that so many of these shots are framed especially like just the setting shots where you can see the whole island where you can see the lighthouse you could see why this was nominated for um, for cinematography did it win it did not Oh fuck it! Uh, Who? 19, what one? Nineteen seventeen won for best. Oh, well. I haven't seen that. Okay, but then again, that's because I think I've, I haven't seen it, but I understand that they're they're trying to make they, it yeah, look like yeah, they did all, like everything one shot. They're trying to make it look like it's all one shot. Yeah. So you know that's that's a feat in itself too. But I just I don't know just the just the art direction, the sound design, everything just goes so well in this, and especially. Like I, I, I figured you and I would would latch onto the sound design in particular, <laughs> us mm-hmm. being sound people. So well, and I came when I came out of it the first viewing, and I like I think I immediately told you like David, you're going to like this movie. Yeah, you <laughs> seriously, were, you weren't wrong. <laughs> I was sitting there enthralled the whole time, and yeah, on the jump scare front, yeah, I'd say <laughs> the part that the main part that made me jump was when suddenly, and it wasn't it was earned. It was just the looming, the sudden looming of of uh, Tom with the with the hat with the axe. Yeah, uh, but at the end of the at the end of the thing, don't leave me. <laughs> the light is I, mine. I remember at the end of this movie, looking around at everyone else in the theater, and we all had the like same expression on our face, like we just went through something together. <laughs> God, that's that's how my so I went and saw it with my my brother and uh, my partner, and the three of us together had not hung out in a very 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 very, very long time. Um, and when we came out of that theater, we were like, oh, okay, we're going to go for ramen now. And we're sitting at this ramen place with these bowls of ramens in front of us. And we're not really talking. We're just kind of like still processing what we had just been through. And we couldn't, right. we didn't know how to talk about the movie. But we like knew looking at each other is like, we have this shared experience now. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's been... It brings you closer together, whether you want to be or not. Yeah. It's it's been a couple like years of that. It's what, hereditary, mm. midsummer, this <coughs> movies that just put you through something. <laughs> you, you know, I'm surprised you didn't go out and get lobster. <laughs> I uh I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, the, the brief scene where uh, Pattinson is pissing in the pot that's floating in the flooded room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's still bothering to try and make it. Yeah. I really, I really did love that bit where they're like cackling underneath the the window together, and then all of a sudden the water just rushes through and d- destroys everything from the storm. Yeah, that was yeah. great. That for me, I think, was my favorite favorite part where I just like was felt really really invested, really in the moment, because mm-hmm. just that that laughter that they were consumed by, I was like, I was kind of like, oh, I I want to laugh like that. <laughs> <laughs> With your with your frenemy, with my frenemy, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, yeah, this is oh so good, so good. It's one of probably one of the it's, best films I saw last year. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, um, 
it's hard to talk about this movie in any linear fashion. Yeah, that's the point. It does not present itself well, as one. Right. Well, it's I a descent into it. madness. Yeah. I did not expect to talk about it in a linear fashion at all. I'm like, we're going to just go all over the walls. <laughs> I like it. We're just like, so why don't we just break this down by theme? So masturbation. <laughs> and then, you know, from there, just madness. Madness. Yeah, by the way, I, seagulls. It, stop it now. It got rough. Well, I mean, around the Academy could, it did. It super did. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I, again, then again, I haven't seen 1917, so. I don't know. This was just. I like, I like Parasite a lot. Oh. I haven't uh, seen that. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Probably tomorrow. Yeah. I want to see it. I might actually see it tonight in bed. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know how else to talk about than just remember that scene and how cool it was. <laughs> then we'll just be redoing the entire movie. Yeah. I'll, uh. I'll let you guys know if I ever end up watching it on the, on the uh, Oculus. Oh, oh, man. oh shit. <laughs> that would be trippy. Wait, they're going to put it on the Oculus? Like, really? Uh, you, can you? Watch Amazon, you can watch Amazon Prime movies on Oculus. Oh, my God. That's weird. That would make me sick, I think. Yeah. <coughs> That's so trippy. It's so like basically. Did you guys basically, ever... I can. I it. it I, I love my goddamn Oculus Quest because like every every night I lay down now and I'll put on the Oculus Quest and I'll watch a movie in my tiny room on a screen the size of a movie theater. So nice. So cool. I don't know what more to say about this film. So like, let me let me ask a question. Sure. Um, did you guys feel isolated on the island? Uh, at the moment, did you guys I think. Feel like, did you guys feel like I need to get the fuck off this island? Well, okay. Here's what I'll say. I saw the movie alone. Mm. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> I I felt such apprehension for them. Oh God, I want them to get off. I want some ship to show up. I I want this to end. Not that I want the movie to end, but I wanted their plight to end because it was so well presented as completely tearing them apart. Oh, yeah. And not that they're, like, undeserving of it because they're bad people, but still, like, the elements themselves were I'm glad, killing them. I'm glad we didn't get, like, a cop-out shot at the very end of, like, a boat showing up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think I think the way that it ended... No, we got, like, a Jesus shot of him, like, being getting devoured. Well, not Jesus, but yes. <laughs> well, it reminds me... You know, it reminded me... The way he was laying reminded me of, like, how I've seen like images of Mary holding Jesus when they, mm. when they pull him off the cross. That's what it I was see like. What you mean, yeah. I oh, see yeah. Like, well, Prometheus is correctly. It's based. It's based on a very specific uh, piece of art. Uh, of oh, Prometheus. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but that uh, those two would probably be influences of each other anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Okay, I have another question. Why was the mermaid laughing at him? <laughs> I still don't know. Because he had a small penis. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just decided to... No, that's because, good. ha-ha, that's good. you're stuck on an island. Because he's not willing to fell with his huge dick. <laughs> yeah. You, I can leave this island anytime you want. You're stuck here. That's true. She actually can. By the way, there's a mermaid vagina. There's a mermaid They vagina. solved the age-old problem of how do you have sex with the mermaid, and the answer is give it a chest vagina. Let's see. Yeah. 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 She had like a mermaid. <laughs> but I feel like that's something that that he would have very easily come up with in his uh, need for women's state, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's the only thing that he's like. How, is there ever was it was the one way a woman's gonna get here? Mermaid. Well, also the fact that he's holding a totem. What I guess. Yeah, great. like a mm-hmm. like a little almost like. I would get, so like, that came from the previous lighthouse person, right? Sure. Who knows? Yeah, we don't the, know. Caught before him. But, yeah, I, we don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that basically becomes his like weird little hope. Like, uh, he relies on it to get through the hard times, and by the hard times, I mean every day. <laughs> and it beca- it's like I would call it a fetish. It's because, a fetish. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. It has symbolically like, and literally becomes fetishistic for him. It has like those, like you know, those like, I, I, if, if I'm remembering correctly, it's definitely a mermaid, but it's got the the quality of like almost like those old fertility statues that you'd see. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. What's the mermaid sexy? Oh, she's yeah, cute. I would. 
You'd hit that. Yeah, I'd hit that. Well, I, I, you'd hit that mermaid vagina. She'd, she'd drown me, but yeah, no. I tap that. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I'd flop I that. I don't like guys. He'd I don't like fish. <laughs> don't like the taste of fish. Don't like the smell of fish. Does she make good lobster? <laughs> this is. I'm not going to get into this. Oh, this is damage. This is so much Rule Thirty Four territory right now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Alan just sent us an uh, image. Yeah, that's the uh, the uh, art piece of uh, Prometheus being... Oh, uh, here we go. Um, okay. we, I, all I know is that the ending also Take confirms that Yoda, Yoda was right about seagulls. Stop, Stop it, it now. <laughs> <clears throat> and that that seagull ultimately got revenge. And yeah, you can see how uh, Coleridge's Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner also influences killing a seabird is bad luck. Oh, there's a lot of literary... Like influence. They threw as much as they could in there. And uh, this is a piece of art from 1904. Oh, that's familiar. Okay. Is this also Prometheus? So a lot of the imagery in the lighthouse is literally copying like other images of shit. Which is what the witch did as well. That's true. Like, that did, this yeah. is Robert Eggers' mo, and I'm yeah, perfectly happy seen, with it. If you've never seen that before, your brain just goes, "What the?" Fuck? <laughs> well, if well, I saw this without seeing Lighthouse, I would say, "What the?" He, fuck? What is he holding in his hand? Actually, my question is, what is this supposed to be an image of? Like, where is it referencing um, mythology? This, this or has caught you? I think this is the light. Uh, the the. Uh, um, the secrets being bestowed on Prometheus of, like, you know, the forbidden knowledge. Oh. When, well, even if you didn't know this image, you still, even if you did see the, didn't see the image, though, you would still draw the conclusion that, you know, here's this amalgam of uh, Tom, Neptune, and the light itself from the lighthouse, which is the the light itself is what both characters end up obsessing over by the end of the film. Ooh, so. Yeah, but yes, yes, but I'm pretty sure that the, the, the analog to this painting happens right after um, Winslow spills his beans. So I assume that meant that like um, the, uh, he was being judged. It's not directly, the, the painting itself, uh, I, as far as I know, it's not directly related to Prometheus, but the painting is called Hypnosis. Ooh. Okay. Oh. I just spill your <laughs> Beans. Well, actually, come to think of that, that was good. <laughs> uh, wasn't isn't hypnosis also considered uh, a character in Greek mythology, if I recall? Hypno, yeah, I think so. Hip hypnotia, hip hip hypna. Hypno just... evolves from drowsy and hypnos. Uh, <coughs> it it uh, considered the uh, personification of sleep. Yeah. Double double candy this weekend, by the way. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, God. Um. Hey, I know this is this this this. I realized us discussing this. I mean, I, I, um, if you obviously chime in here, Kayla, once you have some. Yeah, you know. I'm just looking. Uh, Hypnos lives in a big cave, um, and. Uh, uh, according to Homer, he lives on an island, um, which is a very dreamlike island, and um, is said to be a calm and gentle god, as he helps humans in need. But the idea is, he... hold on, let's. You want to? He goes. Bow, 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 bow. Yeah. I'm gonna. Yes. I'm gonna eat that bow wow wow. Excuse me. Um. But the. <laughs> uh, but the idea is that. Um, he lives isolated for the most part, and that um, uh, Hypnos uh, makes his island very dreamlike, which actually, in a weird way, makes sense in this mm-hmm. context, because it's almost like... Um, it- the other thing to point out, sorry to stop you, is you know that lighthouses have been around for, like, ever, even in Roman times. Yes. Just yeah. times, too. Yeah. Um, I I love Homer in that ninety percent of what he does. It's like, well, what's your new character? Right, right. So they live on an island, and weird shit goes down. Yeah, when sailors true. show up. <laughs> but, but like in terms of like hypnosis, like in this case, if it, this is supposed to be hypnos, maybe this is the idea of uh, hypnos bringing him into his dreamlike land. Which, in a weird way, you have uh, Thomas Willem Dafoe's character. Basically, bringing uh, 
Thomas into his own kind of weird dreamlike isolation as well. So sure. When do, I mean yeah. when does this scene happen? I'm trying to remember. Let's which scene? Oh, that which scene? Uh, the the where he like the light comes out of his. Like no, seriously. Um, I think Winslow's—they're super drunk. Winslow spills his beans, and then runs outside, and then this weird scene happens. Something like that. Yeah. So, and then they all wake up, and it's the next day. It's something like that. Okay. It also is just a weird image. The the the, the um, writers could have been, or the Eggers brothers could have watched, like saw this and like yeah. This should be in our film. The Brothers Eggers. The Brothers Eggers. <laughs> you know, I think, um, unless there's, like, really any major other beats we want to discuss, I think we've said quite a bit well, about this one. Well, okay, actually, there's one more question I have. Oh, yes. What, what, so, um, at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. um, for the sake of Winslow, wait, which one's Winslow? Old man, young man. Young man. Young man. Young man, young man. Young man. Young man. kills the old man. Robert Pattinson kills Willem Dafoe. I mean, that's what's going to happen in this movie, right? Because the characters' names are so ambiguous, you're pretty much just going to call them their actor names. Yeah. Um, Robert Pattinson kills Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. and then goes upstairs and sees his, his light, right? His light that he he's won, his prize. Yeah. And he's as he's staring at this light, it, there's tentacles in there or something, right? You don't see don't what remember. he sees, necessarily. You don't he's, see what he sees. He's blinded by the light. He's blinded by the light. Wrapped up like a douche, another runner in the night. Yep. Uh, and then he's laughing, but you hear foghorn noises or something. The, the 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 sound saturates. Yeah. And then he gets. What does he get? Pushed out of the lighthouse? I forget. He gets. Pushed. He just falls down. He falls. He, he falls back. He falls down yeah. the stairs. Right. So what do you guys think? <coughs> he fell in the light. Doesn't matter. I. Uh, that was him. That's. This is. Sorry, go ahead. This is the one thing, apparently, that everyone keeps asking the director. Um, and uh, he says, uh, he can't tell you, but it, it, it's it's some bullshit answer. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, was, it was like, uh, you wouldn't want to know the answer, because like, yeah. bad things will happen. And frankly, I could care less what it is, because this movie is so much more the journey than the destination. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so like well, whatever. And I, it's I, a way to end the movie. You know I think. what? It's better you know, that way. Screw you guys. I'm asking for speculation. Okay. Here. Can I? Can I? Can I chime in here? I realize this is going to be kind of a weak answer, but here's mine. It's the next Pokemon game. How about that? <laughs> go, go ahead, Dave. This is this is the moment where he where he's finally getting to steal the fire from the gods. You know, this is Prometheus yeah. okay. getting the fire. Sure. And at first, the fire is warm and it's welcome, and he's giddy. He's like euphoric with how he has it. Because I notice when I'm watching it, he looks like he's laughing, but then his laughter turns to like almost like the silent screams, like Lovecraftian horror. Like it switches yeah. from laughter to horror, and he realizes like he can't handle it, and then the force pushes him away. So this is both him being rewarded and then immediately punished for his hubris for mm-hmm. a trying to do, trying to steal the fire from the gods, trying to do okay. what Prometheus did. So. Having you know taken out the gods to get to the fire, he realizes the fire, the fire burns, the fire scalds, the fire destroys, and it, the force of it throws him backward down the stairs. And um, whether this is real or not, that's the moment where his purgatory begins, where his punishment begins, because he still successfully stole the fire, and now seagulls will eat his liver for all eternity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's Would my you- answer. I would almost describe Willem Dafoe's character as, as he's married to the light, isn't he? he his, is. his woman is the light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, like, there's there's mythic themes to this movie, but there's also, like, like um, human themes, too. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's it's hard to separate the two. It's yeah, hard on to purpose. Separate them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's a great explanation of the, the mythical standpoint. But, it, I mean, he's also kind of stealing this guy's girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, he has. He, it's either way. It's something he covets. So, yeah. like sure. symbolically, he's got he's pulling the whole Prometheus myth. But you know, on the surface, if you want to go with that, yeah, he's just like this is the thing that he was lusting after. Therefore, I want it. But once he has it, the horror of it still hits him. You know, he can't mm-hmm. handle it. He can't handle what he's he's done. It's also if you want to take it super literally, oh, it's just a light. 
oh my god, I went through all this bullshit just for this. You this all- isn't what I thought it was at all. Yeah, you, you, it, it could be the realization that, oh, I just killed a guy yeah. and have been going crazy, and this is literally just a light. Yeah. <laughs> you could also see it as the light fought back. By, by sure. He's like, I got it, and then the light scalds, the light blinds, and he gets thrown down the stairs. I remember reading about how they specifically chose the time period so that they could use the the Fresnel lens, that beautiful mm-hmm. glass they have on the outside of the light. Yeah, yeah. that was gorgeous. Yeah, and it kind of hides what's inside the 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 chamber too. Mm-hmm. So very interesting. Yeah. Um. Again, this is not a movie that is meant to be solved. So you know, mm-hmm. have all, fun speculating, but I, don't that's what beat I like yourself about up it. about it. It's an experience. I think that's yeah. That's it's a. It's definitely more an experience than than I think a, a, a single narrative. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I like the whole aspect of it. So I was describing before about how it's kind of about... It's not really about puberty, but it's about being be. a man. A man, a, a boy becoming a man. Sort of. Like, it, cause he's, yeah. he's, like, forcing... You could... I don't know. But anyways, it, it it was it was disgusting. Yes. It was slightly just like men. But it was also slightly homoerotic. <laughs> it was also it was like so many things at once. And you at the just, end I don't know. You could just say it is about men and how they treat their own masculinity and how they view others' masculinity. Right. And, and it's how those two and there's, often conflict. there's like almost no joy in it though. It's kind of sad. There's no joy in manhood. It's true. Well, also, I mean, if you if you drink enough whiskey alone with any of your friends, you will eventually start to slow dance. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> this is true. But this yeah, true. I think that's a that's a really good interpretation, and I definitely follow that too because it's like, yeah, because I mean, I, I keep the scene that always sticks out to me though is when, you know, there's Pattinson alone in this like scummy rainwashed shed, masturbating violently to the point where he's almost like, he seems like he's just doing it because it's something he has to do, and then he's in pain, and he just kind of screams and collapses well, on the floor. Well, I mean, it's not just that, but also when they ha- they're having pleasant conversation, <coughs> it's always hiding something deeper that's nefarious, or it turns into something ugly, like a brawl or an insult. Yeah. It's never just happy conversation, and they're not doing pleasant things in order to survive. They're, they're drinking lamp oil. Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked. Yeah, I mean, it's... This, it's kind of fucked to be a guy. <laughs> masculinity well, in isolation. And then, the, I mean, there is yeah. that whole idea with uh, masculinity that you can't really talk about your feelings. And um... I, I, uh, sorry, I just really wanted to really quick bring up this uh, from a, a Huffington Post interview someone had with Robert Pattinson about the movie. And they asked him about uh, like queer subtext, and he said it was pretty explicit in the crypt. The script. The script said. The script said, the lighthouse looked like an erect penis. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But okay. Well, with like the witch, there's something beautiful and like vaguely. Um, what's the? I don't know how to empowering. describe it. Like empowering about her, like joining the devil stripping off all her clothes and literally going out and flying into the fucking sky. It's kind of cool. In the end, <laughs> these guys are like doomed to their own masculinity and their own their own hubris. I, it's sad. I and maybe it's just a reflection of the times. I don't know. But it, that's it's an interesting question. It's a very good question. What what I mean is you could take away so much from this movie and you would you yeah. at anyone's point could be Almost anyone's point, if they think about I'm it, could be. I'm asking you guys to discuss it with me, and that's what, what we're do doing. What do you want us to say in regards to this? That's that what we're women doing, are right? experiencing an era of huge empowerment, and men have to think about their masculinity in terms of what it actually means to be a man. How much longer do we want to be on this conversation for? I don't know, dude. How long have we been talking? How long? Over is an hour. <laughs> Normal UCA episodes are like three hours. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'd say averaging maybe an hour and a half. Yeah. I also don't want to say too much more because I want people to go see this movie and make up yeah. their own minds. People don't listen past the first half an hour, which, which is when David and I just start making out. Oh. <laughs> After all the whiskey you've been drinking. Well, I mean, yeah. you guys just don't spend long enough. You don't know what's going to happen if you guys just keep spending time with each other. You might end up killing each other. It's true. I might kill David. Yeah. <laughs> I, now, hold on. 
It could happen at any point. Oh, and if that's what happens, then enjoy having a seagull tear out your liver for all eternity. You see, I have this jar in my room, and I keep jelly beans in it. He's like, I want to see the jelly beans, and I won't show up the jelly beans. <laughs> so who's the, the gr- ancient Greek jelly bean god? <clears throat> um, uh, be- Venus. 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 Hey, how would you guys feel about giving this movie a your fresh the UCA freshness rating? Uh, does it even fit into that paradigm? I don't think Nothing so, fits but... into that paradigm. It's 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 the freshness rating. It's whatever you want to make it. That's how it uh, works. I'll I'll give this movie uh, feeding up a seagull and out of drinking lamp oil moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will give this movie a. Uh, you know, I just realized the next movie I saw in the theaters after this was Cats. <laughs> <laughs> That's an actual horror movie. Though. We're going to talk about that too, right? Fuck no, I'm yeah. not watching that movie. I don't want to steal Alan's thunder, and Alan's already talked about Cats on VCA, so. Um, I will give it uh, five out of five whiskey bottles, which is more than enough to uh, get a good slow dance going with your bro. Hey. Uh, I'll give it a whole severed head freshly pulled from the ocean in a crab cage. Nice. Nice. Crap. Yeah. I'll give it a mermaid vagina. I like that one. I think I supposed to have. This movie isn't fresh. It's as rotten and dirty as that cistern. But it's still good and go see it. Yeah. There you go. Um I'm gonna give it um I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna give it um me wishing I was at Madame Gashier's way up in Calio. Hurrah me yellow girls, doodle let me go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very fitting David. I figured, yeah. I mean well you you heard how future David opened this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, hey, this was great. We finally got to do this. I'm so happy. <laughs> Yay. Hopefully the next movie we decide to review we got, yeah. will be, like, soon after. <laughs> if for some reason you listened to all this and you hadn't seen The Lighthouse, I'm so sorry. <coughs> just go see it. Even yeah, then, really you might still, you'll still probably derive something from it because this is just a, such a surreal experience and it's fun and it's, mm-hmm. it's great. And, and, uh, and I haven't felt, I haven't enjoyed a movie this, and this if, much. And if while you are watching the film, you are eating beans. Don't spill them. <laughs> don't, don't spill don't. them. Dude, whatever you do, don't spill your beans. You know, this would just be a movie to see high. Oh my I would, god. I would, yeah. Yes. This would see this movie fucking high. Can we rewatch it all together? Can we? <laughs> I'm down. Let's next time everybody's here. We can go here. to go to go to Strongwater afterwards. Yeah. I was about to say that we'll go to Strongwater and we'll 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 recollect. We'll we'll, you'll help me to recollect as we drink tropical drinks. I'll eat an edible and put on my Oculus Quest, and you guys will never see me again. Oh man, Alan, Alan, is is he dead, guys? He's he's lost. Just let let him be. Let him be. He's plugged into the Oculus. He is plugged into the Oculus. Just let let him. This is his fate. Uh, by the way, if you enjoy hearing us garble or enjoyed all the voices that you hear, go listen to any of the lovely podcasts on creativehorror.com. I'm going to plug that because... Hell yeah. You got you got the archives of The Witching Hour. You got Darkly Lit. You got uh, the archives of Midnight Marinara. Uh, you've got uh, Trick or Track. And, and on and on and on. There will be more shows and also some weird some stuff being enfolded into UCA kind of slowly over time, like the horrible gelatinous monster it is. Uh, if you like what you hear here, please uh, go leave here, us here. a... Here, here. Please go leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. It gets more ears on the show. You know how it is. It's the whole thing about, like... It, I, I'm, not, I'm not shilling for YouTube likes or anything like that anymore, so just, you know, it, it helps. It helps the show. I'd, I'd appreciate it. Kayla would appreciate it. I'm sure everybody else here would too, but maybe not. I won't speak for them. 
Okay, so anyway. We appreciate it. <laughs> the Rum Tom Tugger is a curious cat. Dear Lord, no. No! <laughs> Good evening, intrepid listeners. This is the Pasta Shade, the host of Midnight Marinera, and this podcast is part of CreativeHorror.com, a network of podcasts and creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. For more content like this, visit us at CreativeHorror.com. <laughs>